This week, we visit a world where the only thing less comfortable than the ass-riding bikini bottoms is the life story of the lead actress. It's Bikini Beach Race on That Podcast Stays Up All Night. Come on. Hello, and welcome to That Podcast Stays Up All Night, the show where... Oh, God, I'm so depressed. With me to try and keep me from sobbing in a corner for an hour and a half are Aura and Cody. Say hello as though the universe weren't a cold and meaningless void. I ain't helping you from sobbing in the corner. You just go right on sobbing. Hello, the world is full of warmth and meaning. Oh. Liar. He said he said say hello as <laughs> as though it weren't. <laughs> hello. <laughs> there. Oh. <laughs> Greetings, comrade. <laughs> that podcast is up all night is a thing we do to fill the time between crying jags. Uh we watch movies from the USA up all night film library. Uh it being a hosted film program from the late 80s and early 90s, where you could watch cut-down versions of boob horror, erotic thrillers, and horny comedies when your parents were too chintzy to spring for Cinemax. This week, I chose for us to continue our beach theme by watching Bikini Beach Race. That's right, I made the decision. It's my fault and no one else's. <laughs> or uh, sum up this travesty with an elevator pitch. Can we real quickly talk about the term horny comedies? Um, all right apt (laughs) we have a podcast where we talk about horny comedies (laughs) i don't think you've used the term horny comedies before i'm pretty sure i would have noticed that did you try and come up with new ones for the intros Uh, no i knew that but (laughs) but i don't think you you run out of fucking synonyms real quick yeah right (laughs) (laughs) the the thesaurus has a beginning and an ending (laughs) Well, okay, so what happens in this movie? Uh, some asshole college students scheme a way to win a bed race while scoring righteous babes. Plus, Dana Plato and Ron Jeremy. Uh, Christ, this is going to be a slog. Bikini Beach Race is, in fact, what it appears to be. A softcore beach comedy ripoff of films like Hard Bodies copied so many times that it has faded from the process, like the, like the one clone in Multiplicity that's, I don't know, real dumb or something. Uh, how does such a modern classic begin Uh, with director with director eric lozel helmer of such classics as class of newcomb high 2 subhumanoid meltdown so actor daniel barkwight was the obvious choice to anchor such a highbrow affair having (laughs) been in up all night classics like fortress of america with three k's instead of a c uh where he worked with eric lozel who directed that as well and I'm dangerous tonight. Uh, it was probably an easy casting choice, being that he wrote the screenplay. Uh, there's a guest appearance from actor Ron Jeremy. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Uh, which added whatever the opposite of prestige is to a production. Uh, but the real star name associated with this film was Dana Plato. And here we begin the uncomfortable part of this episode. Uh, Dana Plato was a California girl born and raised, working the TV circuit from a young age. She also trained to be an Olympic ice skater, but an appearance on The Gong Show resulted in her being spotted by a producer 
and cast on the possibly racist sitcom Different Strokes. Uh, it's been a long time since I watched it, but looking, looking, doing the research into doing this and uh, looking up the premise of it, it seems like it might be kind of racist. Different Strokes? Yeah. Different Strokes was trying to help race, I think. <laughs> yes, and I feel like it was probably racist in the well-intentioned left way. That. Yes. Apt. Uh, so yeah, so it was the 80s. Uh, it was hard to tell when stuff was racist. Uh, Dana Plato played Kimberly, uh, the, the daughter of the guy who adopts two African-American children. Uh, and the show was a success, leading to appearances on other sitcoms and television shows. Uh, she had her first overdose on anxiety meds at 14. Uh, at 19, she married boyfriend Lanny Lambert, giving birth to a son four months later. A co-worker recalled her saying that she was looking forward to the baby as it meant she would never be lonely again, which is some real Michael Scott shit to say. Uh, the pregnancy got her written off different strokes. Uh, less than four years after she got married, she separated from her spouse. Uh, that same year, her mother died from a, a rare disease, uh, I think related to scoliosis, and she signed power of attorney over to an accountant who embezzled almost all of her money, except for $150,000. Uh, the Tell divorce finalized ending, two years later, and she lost custody of her son. Was that, Aura? So tell me this has a happy ending, Josh. Um, huh? really depends on your definition of happy ending. <laughs> yeah, do you consider the ending of BoJack Horseman a happy ending? <laughs> not, not even that. <laughs> uh, in 1991, she robbed a video store with a pellet gun. Uh, supposedly, the clerk told the police he'd just been robbed by Kimberly from different strokes. Uh, she returned to the scene and was briefly arrested uh, for the $164 that she stole, uh, but she was bailed out by Wayne Newton. All of those are supposedly facts. This uh, Throughout all of this, Plato tried to update her childish image, Earned over nine years on a sitcom, she appeared in Playboy after getting breast implants and began doing nude scenes in films, beginning with 1989's Prime Suspect. Uh, Bikini Beach Race was her second film appearance post-strokes, uh, though she was in a bizarre video project, which was originally for a, a video game console that would feature a VHS instead of cartridges, uh, that eventually became the CD game Night Trap. I remember Night Trap. Yes, it was. It's very important to video game history. In fact, I've I've seen many a YouTube essay on Night Trap. Yeah, it was. It it created the it, it created the worthum of of video games, basically. <laughs> or would be the way to put it. No, I mean I've seen that stuff. <laughs> in in <laughs> Mortal Kombat, which honestly, Mortal Kombat <laughs> kind of makes more sense. <laughs> Fuck you, man! It's Street Fighter or die. I, well, I just mean in terms of Mortal Kombat was really something that was inappropriate for me to play at the age I was playing it. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. Like, they had a point on that. Night Trap, they maybe didn't know what they were talking about. Uh, so yeah, that's all of uh, Data Plato's life that I can dare, that I can bear to deal with so far. Uh, what did you guys expect coming into this one? <laughs> Let me, uh, Cody, do you have my copy still? Yes. Hold up, hold up that uh, cover if you have it close by. Uh, I not really close okay. by. I could get up. Do you want me to? No. 
Okay, thank God. Uh-huh. I can describe it. There's like a race car that looks like it may be somebody's kid's race car bed. That's what I remember. Okay. With fucking two chicks and a dude, and I'm not sure they're people from the movie. Yeah, I and thought this was I good. Wondered. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was going to be beach grease without yes. the musical. Precisely. I mean, what I will say, based on that cover and, and the, the chintziness and the fact that it doesn't match a lot in the film, it's it it feels like the cover to this kind of film. Like, looking yeah. at it, I'm not like, you're promising me something I didn't get. I'm like, no, you promised me what I got. I, I have thought about a this a lot. Super out of focus shot of people <laughs> reclining <laughs> on a maybe a sports car, but probably a children's toy. <laughs> One of those Fisher Price cars. Like a power wheel. <laughs> pow, pow, power wheels, power to go. You want to talk about power wheels for a little bit instead? I'd be cool with that. <laughs> I, want to, I want to talk about fucking anything other than Tina Plato's <laughs> life. <laughs> Yeah, cool, this... I, I had a cool Hot Wheel as a kid that, like, if you right before you put it down on the ground, you could spring load it, and then it would go so far before it flipped itself over. Nice. Did you guys have this like the really long, just like straight Hot Wheel track? Yeah, yeah, the orange we, one. I had yeah, lots of orange track, which is it, I didn't like race cars at all. Theoretically, I, I had a so. I had a flip in my orange track, but. It, the car never made it like never got enough speed going to to make it over it without yeah. flying off the track entirely oh yeah like there's no way to do it it would totally go off the track it was a fucking <laughs> ripoff okay <laughs> here insert my now cool childhood thing when would you say like the main popularity of hot wheels was it's like before my time right uh, I mean, like gimmicky ones for movies, like the Batmobile, or yeah, because you know, the, that's the, like '89, right? For yeah. the Tim Burton Batman, we're talking about. Okay, yeah. so I think so. the '80s were sort of the heyday yeah. of the the Hot Wheel. I think. So by the time I'm a kid, they have the sets where they have the things that's like the soft uh, bumpers that just like spin really, really fast, and it like zips the Hot Wheels through them. And you're talking about them going off the track. I had ones that had big corner curved pieces that would go up. So like the centrifugal force force would just hold them around. So I had like two or three of these small sets that had like little loops and stuff like that with these speed up things. And one day our dad bought a box that was uh, those small straight pieces. It was 50 feet of Hot Wheel track. And we would... We would do Hot Wheels literally off of our the roof of our garage into our front yard, where then after they would go down, eventually they would hit one of these like speed bumper things and go around several loops before going back up the roof. Wow. Jeez. Wow, man. Yeah, well, I, as, you were t- <laughs> as you were talking, I was imagining the Pinewood Derby. Like, <laughs> but- also, what they could have done that in Bikini Beach Race, right? Pinewood well, Derby. Well, I uh, when I was in Boy Scouts, I went to school. Like my dad was a plumber, and like everybody else's dad was like engineers and like shit like that. So like all of all the Pinewood Derby memories I have were of like you know all these fathers beefing, and then like. <laughs> You know, they have like these, you know, 10 second runs or whatever. And then me and my dad built this jankity ass thing that, like, you know, went 
took 25 seconds to barely make it over the finish line or whatever. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, my uh, dad did all that shit for me. Which I was, he was a mechanic. So. <laughs> my dad helped me with mine for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, a... Yeah, you, you're the kid that's like racing a block of wood, a block of balsa wood down the track. Well, well, my dad had like plumber's tools, but not like... <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine like a very small soft block of wood and your dad's just got two plungers on either end of it. It's like, I'm sorry, son, I don't know what to tell you. I, well, I was just picturing a, a block of wood with the wheels hot glued to it and like a brain smoke coming out the back. No, 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 no. No, he ha- he had saws and stuff, so we did in fact, but he didn't like we didn't sand it down or anything. Like it was, you know. Okay. It was better than a block of wood, but barely. Um, <laughs> and then, and then he was, you know, sort of aware that like you had to add weight to it, like the lead weights on the bottom, mm-hmm. like you had to melt the, which is the part he does know because he he melted, you know, to to to, to <laughs> you know put pipes together. So I had this real fancy undercar, <laughs> but then the top wasn't, you know. Uh, oh, if only you'd have won and so, showed them all. So I did the space derby. If you guys remember that one, is that where the where it's, it's in Boy Scouts where there's like a string that you suspend, like a sort of a, a wood tube with an arm hanging to it too, and then a propeller. Yeah. And then there's a spot in the middle, and you have to calibrate the propeller to try and propel it to land as close to that space as possible. Ah. Uh, my dad was an aircraft mechanic. Uh, we had a near perfect run on the space derby. Uh, nice. And then, and then the contest people talked to me for like two minutes, and then I didn't go to the finals <laughs> <laughs> because I think they figured out that no, actually, my dad just fucking made <laughs> using his knowledge of single prop aircraft mechanics made a, a pretty much perfect thing for us. I uh. I, I ended up leaving Boy Scouts because my dad got mad because another dad stole our cooler at one of the jamborees. <laughs> that's like the most Boy Scout sounding thing I've heard. That's my, the, well, that's that's the most my dad thing you've probably ever heard too. If you, mm. I mean, Josh Josh met him, you know. Like, <laughs> no, that's very your dad. <laughs> I, like you're never going to Boy Scouts again. <laughs> but dad, I like it. They're my friends. <laughs> I ended up leaving Boy Scouts because I reached the age where you're a full Boy Scout instead of a Cub Scout, and they start expecting you to camp, and I was like, I'm not going to fucking do that. <laughs> uh, that. If you had stayed in it a little bit longer, you'd find out that they don't camp either. They just go to damn cabins and shit. <laughs> like, there's no actual tents and stuff in that, Boy Scouts anymore. That shit was more outdoorsy than fucking Teenage Me wanted to deal with. No, that's true. <laughs> I didn't Wait, is have there any uh, chance I'm not shitting in an actual toilet because not that's not going to happen. Dude, that's fair. <laughs> I didn't have Boy Scouts, but our Pinewood Derby cars was it's like the the after school church program. It's called Awanas. There's like Sparkies, and then it's like Cubbies, Sparkies, and then the the older kids one is called like TNT or something like that. Is it because is it Boy Scouts was too secular? because <laughs> they no. let the gays in I uh, well I gotta say if it's because they let the gays in cubbies and sparkies is not making it look like <laughs> this alternative is better 
<laughs> both I'm both sure are... sparky means a purple handkerchief in the left eye. <laughs> <laughs> sparky is a lightning bug, you godless heathens. No, that's true. <laughs> I don't know what a TNT is though. I think it's called I think it stands for truth in training. I try not to think about a lot of these things. But the Pinewood Derby was fun. Yeah. It'll <laughs> well, come from somewhere. <laughs> I uh you know, I I am I, I was involved in after after school sort of churchy activities too. And I mostly did it so that I could play volleyball. So good physical sport. It's one of two sports I've ever been interested in. <laughs> volleyball and roller derby. <laughs> so we were raised Catholic, so it was mostly just bureaucracy. That's accurate. <laughs> I was raised Methodist, so I was raised atheist. Uh, I was raised Baptist, so it was uh, potlucks, <laughs> pot potlucks, and full dunking. Full dunking. Yeah, none of this water spritzing on your forehead business. We, we dunkin. <laughs> Drown that baby. <laughs> Find out if they're a witch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see? Uh, did uh, you guys both watched uh, the Amazon show The Boys? Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's that was a that was a great baptism episode. <laughs> it was a uh, it was a uh, better than the comic. I'll say oh that. yeah, because <laughs> it's watchable. <laughs> I think there are good bits to the comic i'm not gonna yeah. for it too much but yeah <laughs> it's kind of like it's the same as like parts of kick-ass and <laughs> well <laughs> i guess we could go to the uh sketches and yeah i guess we could actually <laughs> segue for, for this episode <laughs> before we get into a different <laughs> controversial <laughs> topic <laughs> Our expectation is that it had a fucking stupid looking cover and, it made, and that made us not want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> so, uh, to answer the original question, I'm pretty sure I had never seen this one before this, before this watch. <laughs> yeah. I'd seen it on some random service because I was like, oh, that was a movie from Up All Night and I watched it and I was like, okay, that was pretty fucking stupid and I filed it away <laughs> and unfortunately remembered that I had seen it when I was trying to put together this beach thing. Yep. <laughs> And we right. are the one sale of the Blu-ray of this. Oh wait, no, it's not. It's just a DVD. Did well? Did Josh tell you like because we're because we're buying these things? It would <laughs> appear affecting... that some of these things they've decided to bring back into print. <laughs> I was just looking the other day, and Revenge of the Nerds is back in print. Like that shit was out of print for a long time. <laughs> no. They were trying to bury that fucking movie, but you can get a Blu-ray of it for ten bucks now. Jesus I... Christ. How about a uh, how about a song of the South and Revenge of the Nerds double feature? <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds and uh, I Spit on Your Grave, like the two sides, <laughs> same story. Bur Birth of a Nation and uh, Bikini Beach Race. Now we're just killing jokes for later. <laughs> <laughs> so, how much do you guys think a floor on the Trump Tower costs nowadays? We'll ponder that while Cody preps the synopsis after the jump. I suppose you're wondering why I've called this meeting. Not really. It's just our production meeting, right? Should we relocate to the Burger King drive-thru? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, anyway, I've been thinking, and with all the chaos in the world today, we should maybe be careful with what movies we pick for the show. I see. Uh, um, why? Well, uh, some younger listeners, uh, soy boys and leftist elite mostly, might get their panties in a knot about the content of some of these things. Not that I care. Or didn't I tell you to block Infowars on Cody's laptop? You're not the boss of me. Globalists. <sighs> Like it or not, the world is changing. We want to make sure we're not affected by that in any way whatsoever. After the fiasco of picking Bikini Beach Race with its sad backstory and problematic villain, I think we should comb through the Up All Night catalog and find some picks that won't offend anybody. That should be easy enough. How about this? Looking for Mr. Goodbar. It's an older movie. 70s thriller, high concept, Diane Keaton, Tuesday Weld, Richard Gere. Uh, based on a true story about a woman who got murdered for laughing at a dude because he couldn't get it up. Mm, what about uh, Casualties of Love? It says it's a TV movie, so that can't be too bad. Yeah, it's uh, one of the Amy Fisher movies, you know, the Long Island Lolita. How do you know all of this shit? Never learned my state capitals. Freed up all kinds of room. Beach Fever, that's got to be fun, right? Yeah, starring Kato Caitlin, OJ's house guest. Uh, kind of done with beach movies for a minute, too. Revenge of the Nerds is uh, in print again. Are you fucking kidding me? That's one of the most offensive movies on the roster. It's chock-a-block with rape and pedophilia. It's a good thing you guys were only adolescents and I was barely alive when these were airing on fucking TV. Back to the future. What could be wrong with that, Josh? Uh, Dude trying to not fuck his mom? White people taking credit for rock music? Oh, come on. Uh, No, that's uh, true. On Twitter, Back to the Future 2 is uh, basically Birth of a Nation. Anything else? Anything? (sighs) Shit, we're going to get canceled, aren't we? Nah, someone would have to pay attention to us first. Still haven't figured out whether a sex puppet is a puppet you have sex with, or a puppet that has sex with you, or maybe a shitty (laughs) British band. Cody, can you help me out with a synopsis? (sighs) This movie added decades to my life, and not in the good way. So we're going to keep this synopsis to the main story beats with normal interjections and put this as far away from us as we can. Also, we need to be brief because Oral wrote a fucking Melville of a second sketch. (laughs) Yeah, imagine that. The guy with the doctorate writes uh, exactly what's asked of him, and the guy with no degree just wants to phone it in. Speaking of phoning it in. Uh, zooming it in, I think, is more accurate. <laughs> zooming it in. The opening is a short college montage opening introduction to the first three characters. Milo, the smart guy and ringleader nerd who teleports and accidentally mutates a cockroach into a woman's shower in probably the most interesting scene in the entire movie for a science project. Cheese are not Chris Farley or John Belushi, and Maynard, who is our not Jaleel White or Urkel to the fool who hasn't seen Big Fat Liar. <laughs> oh my God, we should talk about Big Fat Liar. Stay on track or so help me God. Also, yeah. you forgot the main character from the opening montage, uh, asses in very tight thongs. <laughs> <laughs> inexplicably shot in between uh college athletes getting undressed uh they uh ditch school for seemingly no reason i think at some point they mentioned something about extra credit but i assume that's like a throwaway line uh they head to the beach where there's a montage of 
literally harassing and molesting women while we drink beer and have fun on the beach. Eventually, we meet up with our fourth fiend, uh, the stoner with a house near the beach. Okay, so you say montage, but what you really mean is the first 20 minutes of the movie. Because <laughs> I don't think we're introduced to the plot of this thing until about 40 minutes in. Like I did check, 42 minutes is when they find out about what a bed race is. Okay, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I... I recall there being 20 minutes of Mon because I'm, I was like, is this a music video? Like, am I just watching a music video? Like, cause for like a half second, I wondered if I ordered the wrong thing. I was like, <laughs> Oh no, is this not the movie we're doing for? I'm like, this looks like the sort of thing we do for our show, but is it, you know, what is uh, it? All <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I will say though, I did appreciate all the roller skating in the, uh, in the beginning. Like we we just did hard bodies too. This this mon this twenty minute clip is so much more aggressive than almost anything that happens in hard bodies. Really is. It's, <laughs> ugh, it's gross. Like notable ones are uh, somebody is about to lay down and suntan, so the cheese character like pulls out a a two uh, like a bottle of squeezed butter that he has, like starts just rubbing it all over her and she immediately starts fighting back and resisting and they all watch and laugh. It's Does a lot of that. Show up and beat him up. Does no, that's know? the other guy. That's, that's Maynard. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. That's just the, that's just the joke there. She rubs butter all over her, like grabbing her. I think that opening montage, like the difference that I'd say between this and hard bodies, like, Hard bodies usually in its montages would eventually show you the face. I think in the <laughs> opening montage, this film always cut away before, like it was, it would roam up a woman's body through like her legs to like the bikini, like the lower bikini to the boobs, and then it cut right before you get the face. Yeah. It's like, well, that that really makes this seem like it's being shot by a fucking pervert trying to stay one step ahead of the cops. Yeah, it's like <laughs> one step. <laughs> it's like thighs. Breast, two wings, a biscuit, side of mashed potatoes. <laughs> Definitely not porno. <laughs> yeah, there is a there is a shower scene while Milo is doing his project, and like I said, that's like five minutes into the movie, and they're all topless for that whole scene. This, so, uh, well, no, I'm gonna wait for the review. <laughs> oh, I'll. I'll I'll be a good boy and I'll I'll wait. <laughs> so yeah, they they meet up with this this fourth person for their group, Jamie. I like I said, I think that's the character's names. None of these people have pictures next to their acting credits on IMDb, so it was really hard to figure out who was who after watching the movie. Uh, they eventually learn about something called a beach bed race, which is four guys pushing a bed on wheels and a quote hot girl as eye candy on the bed as the driver. So enter Dana Plato as a girl who has a car. And eventually we got to have <laughs> bad guys that want to win that are a mirror of any bad guy you've ever seen in an 80s ski movie. And then eventually we meet Ron Jeremy as the cameo bad guy sex criminal and not in the fun image comics Chip Zdarsky kind of way, like an actual human monsters kind of way. Have you heard if anyone is trying to give him a pass for being in Boondock Saints or anything? 
Uh, no, because Norman Reedus never raped anybody, so I don't think that gives Ron Jeremy a pass. Also, being in Boondock Saints is itself another crime. Like, <laughs> we watched that movie. It's not good. The, uh, eventually, the massive air quote good guys run into the bad guys, hostility, and... They win the race. They win the race, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. Please don't make me. I swear I'll edit it real good, and I'll post it on time, and I'll share it on all my social media profiles, even on my new upcoming Secret Project Twitch channel. Like, uh, Okay, stop. Let him have this. I I know at least one of those things was real. (laughs) Anything else you guys want to say about this turd of a bastard? Uh, I hope everyone involved in it is uh, is rotting in hell. Except Dana Play, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well spoken, Josh. I just... Alright, so, so I guess now we move on to the review portion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you want to say anything about them building the car or the race or anything? No. I don't. There's nothing to it's... say there. It's a really wan plot that's mostly just an excuse for more like, they're, oh, they're auditioning women who are running around topless or like one scene that's kind of because it's going to factor into my review like is when the, like the evil couple like are, are breaking in to try and steal all their shit uh, to keep them from entering the bed race. Uh, and the, the girl is up in the couple is upstairs and the, the obvious booger type character uh, the the sloppy guy is uh comes upstairs and sees her there, and she's not she's not even dressed particularly provocatively. She's wearing like a, I mean, she's wearing like a halter and like a skirt. It's like what you would wear on a beach when it's hot out, you know. If you're a human and being, he is immediately so sex mad that he chases her around, trying to force himself on her. And it's and it's wacky. And I'm like, that's not wacky. That's terrifying. Like, I mean, yeah. they're villains who shouldn't be breaking into somebody's house and stealing shit. You know, you don't punish villainy with rape. I think like, I that's, would. That's the worst Batman. That's why, <laughs> that's why Frank Miller got put on those meds. <laughs> I, uh, I think back on some of the other beach-related movies that we watch and, like, 10 for 10, I would rather get hot-footed, like in Cheerleader Beach Camp, <laughs> than have any of the quote-unquote pranks that the, the characters in this movie pull on anybody, like, happen. And not just to me, to, like, any other human being. They're all just gross and fucking irredeemable. <laughs> okay, so... And I don't believe that their stoner guy has touched fucking marijuana in his life. <laughs> I'm gonna... I'm going to start my review for one second and and say, I don't think this was one movie. I think this was like a series of ideas that just sort of spilled out of this guy's head. And he, cause, cause like it starts out with, you know, the montage and then we've got this evil landlord subplot. And then we've got the, the mayor and like in cahoots with these other evil villains. And then, and then this bed race thing, but then like also like, the school getting kicked out of it wasn't he kicked out of school or something it's been a week i I, forgot but i think it's i think the idea of the plot is that he's going to enter this bed race to earn extra credit for engineering because he needs to for some reason despite the fact that he 
invents fucking teleportation or some shit. Uh, he, he's not going to. Oh, he's. They threatened to kick him out of school yeah. if he doesn't yeah. pass. Yeah, that's what it was. I remember now. But it was just like, so am I dealing with an evil mayor, an evil principal, an <laughs> evil landlord? Like, who's my, you know, like. You're dealing with and, an evil gangster, an evil businessman, uh, an evil yuppie, and an evil lady yuppie. Yeah. And we'll get there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's the opening is so confusing because it is intercuts between the like the really objectifying beach shots and then these people running through campus being all boy boy yeah and it's just it, it's so tonally jarring it is painful i thought for a second i might it might be like maybe a little bit fun because there's all the 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 very opening it's like a weird tongue-in-cheek kind of um, like s- screen with text about something that it, it made it seem like it was like a post-war thing. And then it's like a sign that just says a university or something like that. And it pans out and then immediately the trash all around that sign is generic looking boxes that just say beer written on it. And it was like, Oh, that's kind of funny. Like it's a little self-aware, tongue-in-cheek, and then quickly realize, like, oh no, that's because we don't have the budget to have a licensed brand of any beer company yeah. at all. Because whatever university they originally had a sign of threatened to sue, I'm sure. <laughs> and probably not really, but you know. It reminds me of like the uh, the conspiracy theory that like Adam Sandler, like the the movies that he makes are just like things so he and his friends can do stuff and like he get paid to do it. This feels like that, but without the charm of Adam Sandler being a good human being. And then the fact that he has like billions of dollars now. <laughs> yeah. This is a bunch of guys who are like, Oh, uh, I don't even, I, I, it's bad. I just started thinking about like the producer and writer of this movie being the main character and <laughs> everything else. Yeah, it's right, in terms of numeric rating, uh I will give this film one a poorly assembled Boy Scout project that your dad mostly did. <laughs> um <laughs> I thought about a point scale. five, but I really want to reserve a point five to things that I find extraordinarily morally objectionable. Uh this film comes close at points, but it's mostly not just a rape fest it's just gross shit but mostly there's i feel like i didn't give hard bodies a 0.5 and i can't give this a 0.5 but it fucking sucks yeah like it's a it's a low one it it is so depressing to watch partly due to circumstances that have nothing to do with the film but even within the film itself there's there's so little to distract you to make you forget about the human tragedies involved with people in the film see yeah, I just I, dwells and it becomes this void I wasn't aware like directly of all of the Uh-oh. like Dana Plato stuff but uh, even even then still like I said just this well yeah. we we went into it knowing the Ron Jeremy stuff too like that's the other celebrity yeah. cameo name that was attached that's... to this movie that even makes it stand out at all as an up all night movie I suppose we should say all that broke after we'd made the selection. <laughs> yeah. God. 
I can't believe this keeps happening. Um, happy 2020. Um, I I guess I would give it uh, two uh, not rewound VHSs. Um, I think that uh, I didn't have any of that background about the about the production or the the the, the actors or anything like that. Um, like I said, what really distracted me during this movie was just the ADD nature of it, just how it kept skipping for, like, what pop, what plot line do I need to be paying attention to now? Like, I have no idea how the target audience, i.e. drunken high people of this particular movie, <laughs> would have followed it at all. Um, so, um, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, draw it, I needed to draw it like a diagram, right? Um, but, uh, it, you know, it's... It, I feel like what this movie started was with, you know, some sort of curiosity about bed races. Like, you know, somebody was like, oh my gosh, like that bed race thing sounds kind of fun or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that's where that movie like sort of started. And then they tried to spin a plot around it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's any team sport type movie of, you know, a beat like, exactly like an actual beach race of like racing cars or like dune buggies up and down the beach or like i said grease to a degree like barely but like you know it, it, it is a title grease to a degree barely <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like want. A, a bed race would be something i feel like i i've seen the stuff where they do it and they drive it like off the pier but it's something where you try to see how long you can quote unquote fly, but like the machines are made to like not fly. Like there's cool stuff like that, but I don't want to fucking watch a movie about that. I would rather just like watch the actual thing happen. And then they tried to shoehorn this fucking God, <laughs> their excuses to do the stuff that they clearly wanted to do while making a beach movie. So what was your rating Cody? Oh, uh, if we can't give it, a, if we're saving zeros for like the real bad stuff, I'll give it I mean, one, the fly. Everyone can make their own decisions about how they use the scale. <laughs> I I really hated it, but I'll say one, uh, one cockroach getting transmutated and turned into a thing. Like, <laughs> you know, the, the history behind the production of like booby shots and horror movies and stuff like that is, is pretty bad, but it's something that's adds to like the camp factor in pretty much any of the movies that are aired on this show or, you know, watched outside of it, especially of horror in general. So every now and then, like, I don't know, there is something funny about this giant, like fake looking like cockroach bug. It's just a bunch of like naked screaming people. But also the fact that that was inside of this movie is another attribute to how out of place and, and terrible this movie is. And that it was in the first like ten minutes, yeah, and was the best thing in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you want to watch that movie, huh? Well, it had like they had like shadows of it like getting bigger, and there was like the the transporter device got dropped at one point, and so it made sense that it would be in the locker room. He wasn't like trying to do that. Is is this our lowest canonical score, Josh? It might be. I haven't been keeping track. It's four out of fifteen. Yeah, if anybody out there is actually keeping notes on this, hey, that's that's pretty fucking low. Because I because I know that 
we have one non-canonical show that that did pretty bad, but <laughs> the 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 lost episode is that That's what you're talking right. about? Yeah, the first appearance of Sonny Five, if you recall. What's well? What's funny is it's not a lost episode, and I'm sure it'll yes. we'll discuss, and that'll be some like massive paywall, <laughs> like a fifty dollar paywall. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh. well, I need to wash the stink of this film off me every half hour, or it starts to set in. Uh, we'll be back with games after the jump. Was that a bed sore joke? Sure. Bed race, bed sore. I uh, really. No, it's the bed sores from the. That was the... Sketch Two Theater presents Bed Race Hijinks. Hello. I, as the evil mayor of this podcast, have decided that we'll have a bed race. How in the fuck are you the mayor of this podcast? I'm here as much as you were. This is such bullshit. No, 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 no wait. I, I think this bed race thing is a good idea. See? Someone's on board. Headboard? Does that work? Yeah. No. Uh, look, we can win a massive amount of cabbage to keep steam in this head of this podcast. A what? Big time cash and prizes. Yeah, well... Josh, there are only three of us, including you. We need a team of five. Four pushers and one nighty eye candy. We've got Sunny Five. Other teams might notice he's a robot. There is no way that's fair. Yeah, well... Hmm. Not if we cover him in human skin, they won't. What? what? Nothing. Maybe we can use sweatpants and a social distancing mask as a disguise. Yeah, he'd be a perfect pusher. What about our bed-eye candy? Uh, someone's wife or girlfriend? You think I'll, I'll get her talked into some contraption? I can't even get her to cameo on the show. Cody's girlfriend is always in the background. Let her do it. Yeah, well, we've got a king-size bed not that long ago, and she rightfully refuses to be on any bed smaller than that. And, you know, that'd be terrible for aerodynamics. Oh, you know what? I got this covered. How? No worries, I got it. So uh, I guess I can just engineer us up a sweet ride to win this race the same way I edit these Grand Slam episodes. Well, I guess this plan really comes together without much resistance. Yes, yes it did. <laughs> the next morning. <sighs> okay, I was up all night with Sunny Five and we retrofit this old bed frame to some wheels, welded on this old junky computer, and found this Featherlight mattress on Craigslist, no bed bugs promise. You didn't get Craigslist killed? No, dude. God, that's such a boomer and Xer way to die. First, you find a safe space. You millennials in your safe spaces again. I'm leaving and I'm taking Sonny with me. Guess you triggered him. Are you fossils dead yet? Uh, I'm, I'm lost. I was the bad guy for this skit, but now it's Cody? Oh, okay, seriously, I'm out of here. It, wasn't in the previous sketch Cody into Infowars or something? Like, <laughs> okay. Really just a mess. Just pulling your chain. Tell us more about this fine machine. The bearings in the wheels are super lubed. <laughs> uh, truthfully, most of it came to me in a hazy vision. Is this stoner engineering at work? Oh my god, I, I knew I forgot something. The corroborator. <laughs> it doesn't need a corroborator. It should be just a glorified wagon. It needs... A corroborator. Oh, yeah, right. We're good. Hey, what's uh, what's the ticking sound? Probably just uh, something here in the garage. Just never you mind. At the race. Let's uh, wheel this thing out here. 
wow, I had no idea this Pier and Wharf was here in Kansas. Look at this. Even the Burrito 911 food truck showed up. Where were all the rest of the racers? It's probably like a, a timed heat or something. Yes, a timed heat. Where's our eye candy driver? Oh, yeah, here. A mannequin? Yeah, have you ever seen that uh, old movie, Mannequin? Holy crap, you can bring this mannequin to life? No, no, I just got the idea from seeing the movie last night, instead of Bikini Beach Race, that a mannequin is significantly lighter to push than a woman. Significantly? Uh-huh. Uh, where'd you get that mannequin anyway? I have my life outside of the show, you have yours, let's just leave it at that. Did you need to dress it in a bikini? You know, weight of clothing, wind shear, you just gotta make sure. Why does the mannequin look like Sandra Bullock? What, what do you want a mannequin to look like? Britney Spears? Rhonda Shear? The Pink Ranger? Betty White, Mae West, the Green Ranger, any president of the United States, past or present, the pie from American Pie, the ducks from Little Rascals, your sister? I don't have a sister. Then the mannequin can't look like her. Ugh, just, uh, maybe it could look like no one in particular? That'd be fucking great. No, that makes sense. Have you, uh, been intimate with this mannequin? Is there an answer that ends this conversation satisfactorily? I guess not. Shrug. All right. Off to the races. God, uh, that ticking is back. What is it? A bomb. A bomb? How? Why? The, the, the Craigless Featherlight Mattress? Josh fucking saboteur? Hey guys, you remember that Beastie Boys song? They played it in that Star Trek movie to, you know, assure you that it jumped the shark. Man, that was something else. Uh, not to change the, um, whatever, but, uh, what do we do about the bomb? All you have to do is keep running and, and the bomb won't explode. Oh no, hoisted upon my own speed reference petard. Is this how you get back for that saw trap that time that I put the key in the turkey, Josh? No, but, but it is now. See you later. <laughs> Ow. Uh, you should have barrel rolled, Fox. Um, well, I can't run forever. Sunny Five the robot can. Oh yeah. So we just let let the bed go and let him just keep on running. I don't see why not. Uh, uh why is he slowing down? Forever was significantly shorter than I expected. Ah, oh, damn it. It's the kill switch. If he's ever more than 50 feet from us, he locks up. It's to keep him from robot murder rampaging. Oh, but then we're the only ones in range during said rampage. Yeah, huh. Couldn't he just dismember us and take part of us with him in a backpack or something, and then continue that rampage? Uh, I guess that is true. Crap, the robot apocalypse may happen yet. What? You know what? Another problem for another day. So this thing is going to explode when it stops. I guess this is it. Uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Your last words are going to be the Spock soliloquy from Wrath of Khan? Really? You think awfully highly of yourself, don't you? Sandra, no! Whipped cream bomb? Yeah, I'm not some kind of sociopath or something. Okay, but you did abuse your power as a Foursquare mayor to set up a fake bed race so you could sell a bomb and a mattress just so that you could cover us up in whipped cream. That's nothing. On a sociopathic scale from Zach Morris to George Zimmerman, I'm barely a Cheney. That tracks. That does it for this week's Sketch 2 Theater. Join us next time for more mattress-related madness. <laughs> it's like Jack Frost. He's like, guys, my soul was in the robot.
<laughs> that was a long sketch. It's it's like it's like uh, Jack Frost because he uh, killed the chick from American Pie. <laughs> what? That's in the movie that... they kill Shannon Elizabeth and J- and Jack Frost. No, 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 no. no. Well, I know Jack... which one you're talking about. Yeah, it's like a joke. It's or it was all like ooh, and I'm like, Psh. are they called? The are both movies called thing. the same thing? Yes, yes they are. Was that ever confusing at your video job, Josh? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe somebody would switch tapes between the kids' movie and the horror movie from time to time. The Disney movie... Is it a Disney movie? No. Uh, I can't remember if it's Disney specifically. No, it's a Warner Brothers movie. Uh, It came out a year after the horror movie came out. No, the horror one was first. I remember because it had a lenticular cover. (laughs) <laughs> yeah the lenticular man that's the that's the one vhs t- piece of like memorabilia that i want is that jack frost fucking cover it was a great cover man <laughs> uh this was all pretty good we could leave this in and just this be the segue into the games unless you want to do your line josh <laughs> nah mine's pretty boring so let's just go into the games <laughs> Hey, it's the fun and game portions of the show. My favorite portion. Uh, we get to we get to we get to spin a big wheel, and uh, it, you know it just lands randomly on on some things, right? Right, Cody? That is exactly how the show goes. <laughs> so let's take a let's take a spin of that fifteen story wheel and see what it lands on. God, a fifteen story wheel. Just imagine that, like coming loose and rampaging through a city. It, we may soon get to you get to see what that's like in a future episode. <laughs> Sentient wheel. Yeah, Sketch the two theater is the, definitely uh, running out of ideas. So <laughs> that's the centerpiece of or in my uh, film project, Croco Crocodile versus Methigator. <laughs> we already have Sunny Five, and the wheel is just our cam bot. <laughs> uh, wheel wheel spin land sound effect. <laughs> it landed on it landed on bed race how are we gonna do a bed race <laughs> well bed race trivia how about that instead oh i thought <laughs> so, we were gonna assemble our team yeah right that'd be cool uh no i didn't think of that at all <laughs> we that can still do better. your thing <laughs> so so uh Bed race trivia. I looked up a bunch of factoids about bed races from various websites, and uh, I figured I'd ask you guys where where what you think. Uh, so, all credible best, sources, I'm sure. Uh, well, I mean, they are. I'll tell you the sources at the end. Actually, <laughs> the bed race authority. <laughs> well, the place the place that puts on the bed races is the is the Hooters. Um, I think they call it Reddit. Yeah. Right. So uh, the first race happened in this town called Narsboro. Where is Narsboro? A. France. B. The United States. C. The United Kingdom. Or D. South Africa. I'll do you one more specific. New Jersey. <laughs> A. It's in the Narsboro. <laughs> Get this car out of here. Take it to Harrisboro. <laughs> hey, uh, who's leaving the fucking car in my yard? South Africa. 
Cody? Uh, United States. United States. The United Kingdom. This is actually a Scotland tradition. Scottish. That makes sense. Who were the first participants? Uh, College fraternities? Servicemen? Employees of a retail bed store? Or townsfolk? The Hmm. Narrowsboroughians. Servicemen. I don't think Scots hold jobs, so I'm going to say townsfolk. Oh, well, great. You, lo- you know, we used to have a listenership out of Scotland. If you looked at the metrics, we had two listeners from Scotland for a while. I know the uh, listeners can't see my face or uh, hear my beard color, but I promise you, I think it's okay for me to say that. Wow. <laughs> uh, Josh was actually correct. Servicemen were the... Because uh, Scotsmen love to fight. <laughs> <laughs> actually uh the the, the little uh, paragraph about it uh it was all it was only servicemen for quite a while before they they let other people in on the bed race interesting why was the first bed race held a political rally a charity event a recruitment drive or a retail advertisement <laughs> um what were the first two political, political rally? rally charity event recruitment drive or retail advertisement is it is it something like we got the broom we're gonna sweep up <laughs> we got the bed we're gonna bed down the something i'll do i'll do political just because that sounds like uk politics yeah i want to say rally as well charity event it, yeah. it raised money yeah, it raised money for uh, like a food bank, I think it said. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was a food bank. Pretty cool. Oh, oh no, skipped a page. Sorry, hang on. What year was the first bed race? 1945, 1955, 1965, or 1975? 1887. 1887. Shortly after the Civil War. I guess they wouldn't have had the Civil War in Scotland, though, so that didn't, you know. No, I think they had theirs in the 90s. What'd you say, Josh? I do 55. That sounds like kinds of dumb shit that people would do in 50s teen movies. Yeah. Um, What? Is there a 70s option? 75. 75. That's my pick. Uh, You you guys should have split the difference. 65. Yeah. Uh, I thought when I read this that it was definitely a 1950s sort of thing. And then when they said it was servicemen, I was like, oh, servicemen post-World War II. Nope, 1965. Wow. Eh. How long is the uh, Canarasboro bed race? 1.5 miles, 2 miles, 2.5 miles, or 3 miles? 3, I'm going to say. Scotsman. 3. Can you guys believe that this thing is 2.5 miles? Well, I know, but <laughs> you both were wrong, and I was just going to gloss over that. Two and a half miles. Yeah, I can't that's... imagine running two and a half miles without a bed strapped to me or whatever. You know? <laughs> it's real boring in Scotland, I guess. Yeah. It's that or do heroin. What odd requirement do the Naresboro beds need? They need to have uh, a place for a tea coaster. 
They all have to have a yellow ribbon tied to them. They all have to float, or all the teams need to have an animal mascot. Mm, okay, it's for charity. It's mm. yellow ribbon. I'm thinking if it's not yellow ribbon, then animal mascot, I want to say. That's the fun pick. Well, they all need to float because the Fuck. last leg of the the last leg of the race is in a river. Jesus, that's like the last point five miles or something. Yeah, <laughs> that crazy. They don't tell you the first mile is uphill. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, excepting for COVID, do the Narsboro bed races still happen? Yay or nay? Yay. Yeah. There was definitely a 2019 winner, uh, and they haven't, according to their website, I haven't seen anything about a 2020 race yet, uh, but I assume it's a non-start. Otherwise, there would be something about it by now, right? Probably. I don't know. They'll probably be ahead of their curve and be able to get it done before 2020 is over, unlike us. (laughs) (laughs) Political humor. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) What American university holds a bed race every year? Wesleyan, Lehigh, Duke, or the University of South Florida? <laughs> A way to bury the lead. I'm going to go with that last one. Duke. And if it's not the answer, you're wrong. It is. I'm sure Florida. Lehigh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where Lehigh is. It could be in Florida. <laughs> so. That's my own ignorance talking. Sorry, any Lehigh listeners that may or may have heard this. Go Lehites. Hey, it's Haley in the background. Hello, Haley. How you doing? <laughs> I know she can't hear me. <laughs> Love that look on your face every time, though. <laughs> okay, final question. Uh, if we, as a podcast, we're going to go do a bed race, what is the closest we could do that? Uh, A, Manhattan, B, Iola, C, Ottawa, D, Topeka, E, Oakley, or F, Joplin. Jesus, that's so many picks. Uh, I wouldn't be one in town. <laughs> I was surprised hill. at that too, actually. You have a real nice short one down the down Oriad. Yeah, that's Ooh. a good way to die, I guess. <laughs> you know, pick up I mean, some speed and <laughs> I mean they're already fucking hanging out at the bars getting COVID so might as That's... well fucking monetize it <laughs> um, humor again I get it it's not political <laughs> uh, uh, I want to uh, do you I need the know. answers again I'll do Manhattan if it's Black. pretty there's a lot of picks, which is what's throwing me off. Joplin was a late one. You can you can you can throw some out here. I I know you can throw at least one of them out, Cody. Yeah, it's <laughs> certainly not my hometown. <laughs> since I've never heard of a bed race before. So Manhattan, Ottawa, Topeka, Oakley, or Joplin. I'm gonna say Joplin. Joplin. Uh, interestingly, Topeka. Mm-hmm. I, I was surprised. I was like, I didn't think Topeka had anything fun going on. <laughs> so, 
This sounds way too fun for that town. Do they all run it into yeah. a river as well? Does Washburn uh, do one? I don't think it was affiliated with Washburn. I didn't look terribly close at the website, but uh, there was there was lots of news stories. Actually, the Topeka the Topeka press covers the the bed race pretty extensively. <laughs> I probably Slow. heard of it at some point when I was living there and just cared so little. <laughs> uh, you, so as a podcast, you guys want to set up and go to Topeka? Have a no. <laughs> <laughs> Not for a bed race and not for any other goddamn reason. No, There's a podcast there who might be listening to this. I like you guys. It's <laughs> not my favorite place, but I like you guys. All right. Yeah, as a podcast, we're not even meeting in the same place. I don't want to go to Topeka. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. You guys are no fun. So let's take another <laughs> spin of that big wheel and see where it lands. 15 foot wheel sounding spin. 15 feet 15 stories oh yeah my bad (laughs) now mine doesn't sound as grandiose oh so uh so it landed on whoa genre swap genre swap is the game we play every episode uh basically we take the same movie and swap the genres we assign each other these genres uh we have not talked about it beforehand so uh you know it 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 makes it a little a little improv uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick Josh this time because he said something in the intro that I think he might like to expand upon. Uh, Josh, I'm going to tell you a uh, cockroach kaiju movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, it was worth Cody's smile. <laughs> to, to <get> that. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. I could have done that. Uh, Cody do a, uh, I have a great idea for one. Okay. A children's novel adaptation. I I have to do that or are you taking your your own genre? (laughs) Oh, I wanted to pick my own genre, but Aura, you can have it. Children's novel? Yeah. And then, like, obviously the movie adaptation of it. (laughs) Okay. Genre swap. Genre swap. <laughs> it's like if Beatrice was Chronicles of Narnia or something <laughs> like that. I'm working it. I'm working it. <laughs> All right, Cody, uh, Mecha anime. Okay. Oh. All right. All right. So, uh, Josh, do you need a second, or do you think you got this? Nah, I need a second. My brain is on slow. Sure. All our brains are on slow. I got a good idea. You're you're ready to rock. All right, so uh, if we're doing a mecha anime, like I'm talking full series, so I'm just going to give you like the beginning premise of it. Uh, still, uh, it's not going to be called the Bikini Beach Race, obviously, um, but uh, don't worry, the themes will still be there. Uh, we're going to open on like a massive like lab room, so kind of instead of a college, you know, massive lab room, doctors, scientists. You know, it's a one long super panning shot. It looks like, you know, the opening of Spaceballs, but just with like, but seriously done and with like medical equipment and beakers and all these things. And finally gets to the end and there's like a massive crash and all these lights start flashing and flaring. And the doctors like and the scientists start scattering, but everybody is like going to tubes and, and like piping like all these big Futurama style like human hydraulic machines and uh, it starts 
zapping him around. And this isn't just like, you know, five people being a Zoid or something like that. It's like thousands of people that are making up the nerves and it, it starts panning out and it's a massive spaceship. That's a mech, but it's a female. And then <laughs> the, the alarms are flashing because you see four male ships coming in and one oh, of them's got a Hawaiian t-shirt and one of them's got like smoke coming from the head and the, <laughs> all of the rest of the mech series is like this epic struggle between the different like space tribes it's like basically all of the women and then the like all of the women in the universe and then the last like holdout of these like disgusting human males and these four ships that are like no come if we want to get into Gundam stuff, then they start talking about colonizing <laughs> each other and stuff like that. But uh, we don't have time to do a six-hour Gundam <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> you and Kyle can do that one. I'm not a, I'm not a Gundam guy. Uh, All right. Do you want so mine, it starts the same as this one. Uh, the cockroach happens. Uh, but then it just keeps growing, unbeknownst to everybody else, until it just it gets larger and larger and uh, I guess the size of like some buildings and it rampages downtown and he gets into a fight with King Kong oh. uh, which in the American version King Kong wins and then the when the film's over it's a very short film uh, right. but in the, in the Asian market one uh, it continues to grow until it's uh, like the, the size of a very tall building and then it has a fight with Godzilla and the self-defense force a couple of ultra men, but all their timers keep running out, so they keep having <laughs> people. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then in the final scene, uh, it crushes all the people at the bed rise because they had their movie happening independently, except for <laughs> Dana Plato, who gets to go off and live on an island and have a nice life for the rest of her life. She, you know, she I... gets like on the shoulder of the cockroach, and she gets to go and be the hero. <laughs> Dana, I, I... Dana Plato gets to be the Mothra girl for the. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. So, uh, okay. So children's novel, uh, I'm going to leave the title the same bikini, be uh, bikini beach race. Uh, this is going to turn out to be a very special episode. <laughs> um, so what happens here is this kid moves to this beach, uh, with his family, but it turns out that like the family had, you know, when they had talked to the realtor or whatever, the realtor had kind of swept under the rug the fact that this was sort of a party beach. So they never let the kid go out. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and the kid, you know, the kid keeps like looking from the window at like what's going on out there. And it's just a bunch of teenagers having fun, which is like not fun for this kid, you know? And so he starts to starts to theater of imagination a little bit, you know, uh, as Cody said, the Chronicles of Narnia you know, opened up <laughs> a closet and then there's a world in there. Right. Um, the chronic what? What? Of Narnia? <laughs> chronic what? The wardrobe, right? Rules of Narnia? Is that what I said? No, Josh is making a very, very hilarious stoner pun. Oh, on the chronic, <laughs> oh, chronic okay. Oles of Narnia. Said, no, there was an old set. Do you guys not remember the old Saturday Night Live bit? No. <laughs> no. An early Lonely oh, Island bit. Oh, no, no, like no. The yeah. Chronic Wookles of Narnia. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Jason Sudeikis one. I know exactly that's what right. you're talking about. I didn't realize that's what you were doing. Yeah. yeah. The chronic what? Yeah. The chronic what? Yeah. The chronicles <laughs> of Narnia. Oh, yes. Okay. Now that you've sang it, I remember it. 
and we've probably <laughs> lost all copyrights to the episode too by doing that so uh well well done cody <laughs> that's funny uh, so so this kid gets involved in the theater of the mind and and ev- eventually he's like i should we should do a bed race uh you know like and because he's got a race car bed and the the twist ending here is that um we don't actually have to change the cover it can stay the same <laughs> and that's as, that's as far as i got sorry that's funny well, that's a good i mostly these are setups for like one or two good jokes right speaking of which the the one that i had in my head when i said children's like novel whatever was specifically beverly cleary's ralph s mouse and oh what it gosh, is is yes it's the exact same beginning of ralph s mouse so it's like it starts off with like the boy slowly like learning about ralph and the motorcycle and the, the, you know, he can make the motorcycle real. And then much like the real bikini bed race, suddenly it deviates from that. And then the entire movie is the rest of bikini beach race, but it's rats like Ralph S mouse, like meets up with three other rat dudes. And they're like, Hey Ralph, we're going to go to the beach. And he's like, Oh, awesome. And then all of it's the exact same, but just all with rats. (laughs) And he's like, Oh, I used to drive a motorcycle. I'll drive a bed. I'm not saying some of the people in this movie weren't ratty in a particular way. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yes. All right. Well, I suppose I could uh, kick it back over to Josh, but uh, let me just go ahead and say, uh, you know, for, for next time, we'll do the more, you know, segment. All right. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> All right. Back to the, where are they now? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Daniel Barquette, uh, whose IMDB calls him Xavier X Barquette for reasons of who the fuck knows, uh, appeared in a movie called Night of the Beast one year later. Uh, How notable was this film? Well, the photo IMDb uses still has the four movies in one sticker on it. (laughs) Uh, Barquette would produce a few other films. He was co-producer on Beach Race uh, before dying in 2006. He was involved in some indie festival called Event United. didn't have a very notable career, I guess. Uh, director Eric Luzil directed and produced a handful of other films, including the third class of Newcomb High film. Uh, I believe both class of Newcomb High 2 and 3 are up all night films. So like I said, we, we will, Eric Luzil will be back with class of Newcomb High, but not the good <laughs> one, the bad sequels. Uh, Ron Jeremy coasted through a post-porn career as a goofy guy with a shitty hairdo and lots of body hair who would do a walk-on uh, whenever <laughs> somebody had money. Uh, until this year when allegations of multiple rapes caused his arrest. Uh, I want to take this time to say that not all people involved in sex work are rapists, despite what the focus on the family types will tell you. So double fuck Ron Jeremy with the seven dildo for further sullying the name of those workers. Amen. Ron Jeremy, you're a shithead. Nice reference to the seven dildo, too. (laughs) We cater to a niche audience. (laughs) And now the stuff that I've been dreading for a while. Uh, You'd think the rape allegations would be the saddest thing associated with this film. You would be wrong as Dana Plato's life continued to get worse. Uh, The same year this film was made, she was arrested again, this time for forging prescriptions. Clearly, she had not kicked her drug habits. Uh, she appeared in the film called Desperation Boulevard, which seems to have been based on her troubled life, as descriptions say that it's a film about a troubled starlet trying to regain her lost career. Uh, 
In that same year, 98, I believe, uh, she appeared in a film called Different Strokes, the story of Jack and Jill and Jill. This was a softcore porn film, uh, making her the only person I am aware of to appear in both a popular fiction and the porno version of that popular fiction. Uh, though apparently the film had little to do with the sitcom and had a different title before Plato was brought on board. Uh, sometime after that, she moved to Vegas. She was impoverished, worked at a dry cleaner, sometimes was, uh, sometimes was homeless, I think, by some accounts. <laughs> she eventually moved in with uh, a boyfriend and manager who lived in Florida. On May 7th, 1999, Dana Plato appeared on the Howard Stern Show to discuss her past and claimed that she was now clean. Several callers mocked her claims, uh, though apparently Howard Stern, to his credit, defended her. The next day, she stopped off in Moore, Oklahoma to visit family of her boyfriend. She took Lortab for some pain and Soma for muscle relaxation and never woke up. Her death was ruled a suicide due to her history of drug abuse. IMDb's image of Dana Plato is from her later sitcom days, I believe. She's wearing a red sweater with immaculate hair, looking at the camera and smiling. But on closer examination, the smile looks to me to be strained, too toothy, the cheeks distended past the natural. It looks to me like someone imprisoned by their life and wanting help. An eternal memorial to a sad life cut short. Yikes. Sorry to be kind of serious, but... Yeah. She had a fucking yeah. troubled life and yeah. it fucking sucks. I mean, like, if we ever do an episode about uh the land before time, I'm sure I'll fucking bring that episode down. Mm. You, you yeah. know, there's some rough stuff there too. Or like the homeward bound thing. Uh I suppose in closing to the to the Dana Plato stuff, like as someone who's had depression issues himself, um if you feel that way, reach out. You know, there are people around you that care about you and you are valuable to this world. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Any message I want people to get in life, it's that. I think that's why stuff like Dana Plato's life, she was clearly, like the stuff about her, her kid and like wanting to, she'd, she'd never be alone again. Like, if you feel that way, get help. Talk to people. There are people there that will help you. There are people that care and people that think that you are valuable. That's all. That's all. Sorry. <laughs> well, how about we no. talk about pleasant things from this week? Yeah. You guys, uh, you guys want to do a one thing this week? The Abs- music. Absolutely. Any, uh, anyone want to start? I could. Uh, I have joined the 21st century this week. I got myself a Roku stick. Uh, <laughs> realizing that uh quarantine will never be over again uh i i went ahead and 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 joined uh joined the rest of us um and uh i have not turned off plato or uh pluto sorry plato pluto tv uh i have been watching the heck out of uh storage wars new york <laughs> Plato TV, all Greek philosophy all the time. I, it, well, it was the Dana Plato in the script. I caught a glimpse of it while I. <laughs> so, yeah, no, uh, it, it's been all Storage Wars New York on my TV all the time for uh, for about a week now. I uh, or if you have never seen it, I need to send you the uh, 
the Tyler, the creator adult swim TV show loiter squad has a storage wars bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'll, I'll send you that later. Truthfully, like, you know, I, like, I think reality TV is aberrant and, you know, uh, (laughs) I think that most of reality TV, you know, like is, is particularly the storage wars things are all just setups. Like it's, it's all, it's all made up. But the thing, is, the thing is, for some reason, it's great shut my mind off TV. Like, I can sit there and read comic books while it's on because I don't, like, I literally do not have to think about it. Because uh, the, the setups of, particularly Storage Wars, do it so that, like, it basically does everything twice. Like, it'll do something, and then it'll go to commercial, and then it'll come back, and it'll give you a recap of what happened before the commercial, and then it'll do some stuff, and then it'll go to commercial. And then it'll recap again. It, it, like it does everything. Yeah. So even if you miss something, you're like, nope, I'm good. I can come back. And it, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, it's 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 definitely TV for geriatrics and I've been enjoying it. Yeah, that like those TLC and like History Channel other shows really cram you with those uh, recaps every single time. There, There is definitely five minutes worth of TV in every 30 minute episode. <laughs> Or have you checked out the Shout Factory channel as well? Absolutely, I have. Right. Um, I, particularly the uh, Shoutoku one, mm-hmm. uh, which which has been playing uh, Ultraman uh, various things. The problem with that particular channel is everything that they play on it, I already have, I've bought from Shout on <laughs> DVD. <laughs> so, so I'm like, well, this is fun if I want to rewatch it, I guess. <laughs> um <laughs> But there's also, also... Have a streaming service that's separate from the from the Pluto. If you haven't checked that, oh well, that I have not checked out. Stuff. But they they do but have. It's, it's also free with uh. Well, with they Prime. have a they have a they they have a shout channel that's separate yeah. as well. Uh, that that has been playing a couple of up all night movies. So we might have to talk about like putting putting a couple of those ahead in the queue. Sure. Cool. So. Uh, I suppose I can do mine. Uh. I've been, I got on an Ultraman kick. Uh, I now have currently almost all of the uh, Mill Creek sets that are available of Ultraman currently, which aren't a ton because I jumped on it early enough that it wasn't a huge amount, by which I mean that's only... You didn't have to, you didn't have to buy 40 years worth of television like I did with a uh, with <laughs> good old... Uh... <laughs> uh, no, only eight sets so far. Yeah. Right, and, I was about to one say. that I have yet to buy. There's only like 70 years worth of Ultraman stuff, right? Oh, there's tons of it, but it's, <laughs> it's coming out bit by bit. Next month is uh, Neo Ultra Q. Um, nice. But uh, they've been releasing it, both the old stuff and the new. So although I watch, I decided to alternate between older and newer ones as I get them. Uh, so I watched I watched Ultra Q, which Aura had as a favorite once. It's a pretty good show. Uh, yep. it. Uh, I watched the first of Ultraman because I'd never watched the first Ultraman through. It's, it's fun. Uh, and then I watched Ultraman Orb, which is really kind of awesome, which is one of the more recent ones. Uh, I've heard. The premise of the show, because all the later Ultramans have like a gimmick, I think, is that uh, it's Orb doesn't have his full Ultraman powers, so he has these like cards that he puts into this magic ring that he has. Uh, and he puts two in and creates a combined Ultraman form that he borrows the power from. Uh, That's and cool. his and the the character is named his his real name Ultraman Orb is Guy Kunai, uh, and his villain, I swear, 
is named Jugglus Juggler. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's it's really fun. It's a very fucking fun, crazy TV show, and it also has like an origins that I'm starting to watch, like a a a short prequel that they released that's like basically Guardians of the Galaxy if it was fucking Ultraman. Nice. Holy shit. It's, I, uh, it's fun. I, I got know. that like, uh, like season one, volume one set of Ultraman when it came through work at some point in time, and that was like amazing stuff. Yeah. Uh, for my one thing, by the time this episode airs, since it's already come out, it will be out. the The new Robert Kirkman image comic thing, Firepower, is really, really, really good. Uh, I would I would have very highly recommend it. I think it's a cool thing. So it's the type of it's exactly the type of thing that I would think of where instead of releasing a first issue, uh, he decided the backstory for his character was was too good to tell in ch- chunks of flashbacks. So he released a one volume issue number one, basically. So it's like a ten dollar trade. That's the prologue to Firepower, which is an amazing short story like it's not a long comic but it's really really good and then issue number one comes out like in a couple of weeks but there's a free comic book day firepower which is just issue number one and it's 15 years after the prologue so that's actually already out you can already buy the book now and read issue number one and two comes out like at the end of july i believe or the beginning of june and it's really good. Oh. It would not be the beginning of June, as that has already happened. Ah, correct. That is the past. <laughs> August, right? It could be next June. It could be August is the next month that happens. Is time real anymore? We've no. been in this year for six fucking months. Still March, right? <laughs> God. I feel like we all died in 2012. <laughs> like the Mayan calendar was right. <laughs> Yeah, that John Cusack movie, you know? I don't know. I, uh... I definitely died watching 2012. That movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I think Y2K got us, actually. Oh, thank God. I'm five years old. <laughs> Choke on a bag of dicks, Cody. Jesus. I can't Maybe wait for 9-11 right to happen next year. <laughs> what, what, Josh? Maybe Philip K. Dick is right. It's 100 years after the crucifixion and Jesus is about to return. (laughs) (laughs) Does Philip K. Dick believe that? That's the thing. Oh, no, no, no. I I know the the rabbit hole of the later Philip K. Dick work. (laughs) Non-Blade Runner-like. Almost a really great book called Valis, all about it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my. That was a big one. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast talking about (laughs) Valis if we wanted to. I'm sure there already (laughs) exist a few of those, but I don't know what the marketability of that would be. <laughs> have, have you read it? It's it's fucking the best. No. Uh, who is it? A Wizard and the Bruiser covered a really long chunk of Philip K. Dick, and I'm pretty sure Last Podcast on the Left covers it every now and then because obviously that branches into shit that gets swept up in new things like, uh, oh, what's the L. Ron Hubbard thing? Scientology. Yeah. <laughs> Dianetics. Dianetics Jr. much better than Krishna. So uh, next up uh, is viewer mail. 
we did get a piece of viewer mail. Uh, so, sorry, my phone went off there while I was uh, bringing up the viewer mail. We did get a piece of viewer mail from viewer Christina this week. Um, she wanted to remind us that uh, Tom Bombadilla is a Tolkien thing. Uh, yeah. And she wanted to tell us that she was very confused by, by heavy metal. <laughs> uh, the movie? Or our podcast. Well, it, it just says, I'm very confused by this heavy metal thing. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think um, she, did she think I was talking about Tom Bombadilla's being a part of I was talking about Tolkien in that part, I thought, as as the part that they cut out from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Because it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom Bombadil is like the dumbest thing. Oh boy. You're gonna you're gonna start a flame war with viewer Christina. Here we go. I don't is Christina a Tom Bombadil stan? I do I, it's a text message. I can't read, you know, like any in, intentionality into it. <laughs> but there you go. It's, um, uh, also below that, she says you're the worst friend. I was going to read that next, but uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, it turns out I'm the worst kind of friend. So there you go. Just in case um, the confusion is like, how did we gap or bridge the gap between heavy metal and Tolkien? I think we're talking about like the fantasy elements that they like yeah. rip off, right? sort of hippie culture and how that was sort of the bridge for uh, French sci-fi stuff into America. If you watch uh, the, the same movement as, as Tolkien, because that was when Tolkien became very popular in America was in the hippies like my parents who were really into it. If you watch the Bill Burr Netflix animated series, F is for family, his son's character is exactly that. It's like the stoner nerd who's like obsessed with a wizard rock band it's very clearly like the Tolkien type stuff that we're talking about. That's fun. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that that closes out for viewer mail. You can get a hold of us uh, through through various means. Uh, the the easiest way is uh, by emailing us at that.podcast.productions at gmail.com. But you can also uh, you know do a number of other things. So this podcast has been a proud presentation of that podcast productions. You can find our podcast blogs and assorted nonsense at thatpodcastproductions.fireside.fm. You can also find us on Facebook at uh, That Podcast Stays Up All Night Slumber Party. You can also uh, go to a dead Instagram uh, that is that.podcast.productions. You can also find us on Twitter. Uh, is that also a dead Twitter? No, there is one retweet. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> at That Productions. If podcatchers are your thing, you can uh, you can find us at uh that podcast productions on stitcher spotify google podcasts and even itunes until they hear that cody sang some theme music earlier from another show <laughs> uh or you can just add us on the rss feed uh hey what's going on with the art there cody art is courtesy of abby who you can find on instagram as rosari art that's r-o-z-a-r-i-a-r-t and uh, actually i saw some stuff that she had posted recently too so make sure you check that out you can always uh, commission her for stuff well, the way that we did for our podcast logo perfect yeah uh remember you can uh subscribe and review uh also uh the theme music is uh by ted potter uh if you want to uh talk to him or about anything with the show you can email us at that.podcast.productions at gmail.com uh what's uh what's going on with this uh this this other show our sister show josh like you girls 
like you comics, like you underrated new wave band talk talk. <laughs> this is you, sister podcast girls talk comics. Best short comics podcast. We affiliated. Er, nothing to do with mix artists girl talk. Go to girlstalkcomics.fireside.fm today. God, that's my favorite one so far. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I, I literally came up with it seconds ago. Nice. Well, what's coming up, Josh? Oh, well, next time on that podcast stays up all night. We deserve a break after all of this bullshit. Uh, sadly, since this is a show based on Up All Night, our version of a break is the first Friday the 13th. Uh, is it an adequate showcase for Kevin Bacon's many porcine talents? Stay tuned. Well, that does it for this week. Until next time, mothers, don't let your children grow up to be child actors. Or Ron Jeremy. And kind of fuck that guy. Like, not fuck that guy, but fuck that right, guy. Right, right. It's the opposite not, of that. Fuck, comma, that guy. Yeah. Important yeah. distinction. Yeah.